Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. We are from Irish Illustrated. And we're joined once again by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. It is the Monday after the 92nd Blue Gold game. Uh, the Golds won 24 to nothing. It was, I don't even know if it was that close, quite frankly. Uh, but yeah, a lot of that had to do with Sam Hartman and his connection with a couple of the Notre Dame receivers. And they just blew him out of the water shortly after the game started. The, the point I want to make, and now I'm going to turn it over to you guys, is that you know, I've seen a million blue gold games and I'm not going to rate it because I can't remember them all, but I will say this, the number of individual players that stood out on Saturday was unusually high. And I think that's a really good, really good sign for this team and this program moving forward. That's a great point in that I enjoyed this blue gold game because of that watching it. I, I thought there were like, first of all, obviously Sam Hartman, it was great to watch him throw a football. Hadn't seen that in a while. The ball sailing through the air like that. Baden great house. We talked about maybe Tobias Mary, where they're going to have one of those breakout fun games to make it fun for everybody watching. Well, Jane great house went ahead and did that for him. And then the interior defensive line. I wanted to see Anya. I wanted to see cross. I still like, I said to Tim during the, during the game, Pete, you and I are going to go down swing on this Aiden K and I thing because I think he's pretty good. I think he belongs on the team, but I, I like the defensive linemen, how they played individually. And it is very hard when you split the offensive line, but it was still good to see individual players make plays. And man, those reserve linebackers were fun to watch on that particular Saturday. I mean, Hartman was outstanding. That was, that was the story of the game. Like you didn't need, I don't want to reduce this to quarterback versus everything, but like you didn't need any of those other guys to stand out for it to be a productive blue gold game as it relates to the season. You're right. Cause like, if Hartman was eight for 16, it would not be the same situation. No, if your quarter, your quarterback has to take you where you want to go. You need other guys to come along for the ride, but Hartman was good enough to take Notre Dame where it wants to go. Like, but you know, from the individual point of view, one of the things we talked about early on in the spring is like, I don't need to see Joe Alt play well. I know what Joe Alt is, but if Junior Tui Halamaka can beat Joe Alt on an inside pass rush, that says more about Junior Tui Halamaka than it does about Joe Alt. And lo and behold, on the first series, that's what Junior Tui Halamaka did. So that kind of stuff matters quite a bit. Um, but none of it would matter if Hartman didn't do what he did. That that changes the entire vibe around Notre Dame football. For the next four months, because Boy, now you feel like Notre Dame's ceiling has just gone up a few floors if Hartman can play like that. And it did not take long for that. No, for that to be felt. I mean, he was he was only on the field for four drives. They scored on three of them. The one that they didn't score on, it was a third nine and they just handed the football off. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, but I knew and Pete, I knew you you grabbed the mic post game and yeah. asked immediately about Hartman. So I knew where where your sentiments were. And I, you're absolutely right. I mean, he was, he was brilliant. I mean, he was, he was brilliant and he developed, you know, he had four, he connected with Jaden Thomas four times with great house, four times with uh, uh, Sherwood twice. 
and um, Salerno twice and Jabron Payne once. So distributed football, I think we all felt that going into the game. Man, look at the receiving core for the blue team. Uh, Hartman took what he had. And he, I mean, Jaden Thomas is probably going to be his leading receiver, but he took what he had and he found him and he distributed the football. He was on target. He could have been picked once, uh, but not, not as badly as Buckner could have been picked once. Um, yeah, I just thought, you know, like, again, D-line, Tyson Ford looked good. Kiana Aina, I thought, looked good. The linebackers were, how could you not be impressed with the young linebackers? They all they all played well, including Snead, who's a, who's a second-year guy, but all the freshman linebackers played really, really well. I, I, I mean, I could go on as we as we go into this, deeper into this podcast. You know, Anya continued to be impressed with him. Aiden Gobira did some really, yeah. really good. Oh, the defense, backup defensive line was just oh. great for film and watching everything. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, from that perspective, it was, it was really, really fun. I know people, people are jumping on Maris Leofow. I didn't, he wasn't on the field that much, was he? I, don't I care. I, I people mean, jump on Maris Leofow no matter what. Him and, We're all in agreement. He shouldn't play 640 snaps. We get no, it. Okay? Let's not talk about it every podcast. I mean, him and Bertrand weren't really on the field that long, but. Uh, uh, Bertrand but, had an opening interception to start the game. I think Tyler Buckner was throwing to Chris Tyree bracketed in the slot when Tosh, when uh, Jordan Mattel came and touched Tyler Buckner. Which oh, I, thought, right. so, I don't know if that's where the ball was going, which is what it looked like to me. It's the worst read I've ever seen in my life. Well, I, I don't know how it could have been much worse than the, uh, the, the near pick by Osbury. We keep saying pick six. I, he would have had to go on 65 yards. I'm not sure if somebody would have caught him or I not. Ty, I think Tyree could have caught him. <laughs> yeah, but, well, yeah, I didn't know how, how much Tyree was, was in the play, but, um, I, I mean, he was right. In front, that was the guy. No, that I get was trying I get to but he tried, but, but he tried to throw a line drive through Osbury in, in a situation completely called for a bit of loft over the defender. It wasn't yeah. like he came out of nowhere. He was, he was defending Tyree pretty much the whole way and then broke on the ball a little bit further. But I, I just, in in rewind in watching the game, the television version of it, I just didn't think that Buckner competed. I didn't think he played with a sense of urgency. I I just I did not understand what happened Saturday. It's like Hartman was on the field first, took the team down, and I don't know, and and scored a touchdown. I, you know, I don't know if that demoralized Buckner. I just. I'm not sure that should demoralize you in a spring game. No, it shouldn't. Okay. I mean, I just thought his body language and I, I just didn't, I didn't like anything about what he did on Saturday. I really didn't. I realized that you're, you know, I acknowledge that you're bottled up by being in a red Jersey yeah. and he needs yeah. that. But in, 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 you know, if you get tapped, you're sacked, but there was no sense of urgency to avoid getting tapped for a sack. And I, I just, I was very, very surprised at what I saw on Saturday. I did not expect that from him coming out of the gate. You know, I mean, it wasn't the other day, but he's still the reigning MVP of the Gator Bowl. And that that changed virtually everybody's opinion about Buckner's future at Notre Dame. A blue goal game. I, I, I look, I, we're the first right. ones to say Gator Bowl is a lot more important. I get exactly. And, yeah. and, and that counts for a yeah. hundred times more. But I just didn't understand what I saw in the performance on Saturday. 
Sam Hartman also won the Gator Bowl MVP. So, I mean, they'll be starting a Gator Bowl MVP regardless. It, <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I agree. Like, I, I thought I we would see more of, I mean, and that's why I think it is so clear. One of the reasons it's so clear where they're going at quarterback. Whereas Buckner, we saw mid spring and we're like, nice practice. Like, looked like the better quarterback out there. And then we, the Jersey scrimmage, from what I'm told, didn't go that well for him. Spring game obviously didn't go that well from him. There wasn't like this consistent build. Like, progress for Sam Hartman very much has been a straight line. Um, it hasn't for Buckner and, and Buckner needed it to be like you needed to come out of the spring game thinking like, well, I could, I could see the case for Buckner and I, you, you couldn't. Um, and so that that's a tough situation for him to be in um, regardless of how Marcus Freeman describes it. And I, I understand why he's describing it the way that he is because he wants to keep Tyler Buckner on the roster, but um, it just, Tyler Buckner really needed to take a step forward this spring. And from what we saw in two open practices in the spring game and what I heard about the Jersey scrimmage, I don't, it's hard, it's hard to argue that that happened. I didn't think it was possible for me to leave the spring game and say, I can see the case for Buckner because Sam Hartman's returning one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the country and Buckner's a work in progress. But I wanted to leave the entire spring and think if Sam Hartman gets hurt, Notre Dame will only win one fewer game this year. Something along those lines. Like last year when Tyler Buckner got hurt, we ended up being wrong on this, but when Tyler Buckner got hurt, we thought, uh-oh, that's a couple extra losses because Drew Pine's got to come in and play. And I, I don't think it ended up being a couple extra losses in fairness to Drew Pine and, and the offense, but I never at any point since Sam Hartman has signed thought Tyler Buckner would challenge him. But I always want, when I saw Buckner succeed in the spring, I thought maybe they would win. Just maybe they'd still be 10 wins with Tyler Buckner out there, even though, you know, even though they play three top tier teams, maybe they could still go 10 and two. Now you just, I, but you, we cannot base things on the spring game performance. Tim, I'm with you. He did not look like he competed. His offensive line didn't do him any favors. He did have the better receivers on paper, except actually no one's no one in the world's actually better than Jaden Greathouse, but on paper, we didn't know that yet. Um, I just felt like, what if you switched the receivers with Sam Hartman, Tobias Merriweather would have been the star of the game. Right. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel as well. And, you know, I didn't think Buckner didn't need, he didn't need to match Hartman. He just need to play well. Yeah. And the red Jersey thing's important for Buckner, but I keep catching myself saying it because I used to say the red Jersey thing in 2016 when Zaire had to go against Kaiser. And I was like, you can't judge Malik Zaire when he has a red Jersey on. And then in 2009 or 2018, watching Brandon Wimbush, you can't judge Brandon Wimbush when he has a red jersey on. You can't judge Tyler Buckner when he has a red jersey on. You want to know what they all hold in common? They don't throw well enough. It's that it's true. They're, they're it's better true. athletes than I mean, quarterbacks. Wimbush could, you know, he could wing it, but he but he couldn't decipher <laughs> coverages. And Zaire was never accurate enough. I, I I didn't think. I didn't think he was coming out of high school, and so anything we saw there, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, we don't need to belabor the point. It was a bad day for Tyler Buckner and he needed to just have a good day. And he didn't. Yeah. He needed to have a nondescript day. So nobody cares about him having a bad day or, or right. no one cares about his performance two days later. Now, Jane Greathouse, um, <laughs> you know, wasn't really complicated. It wasn't a lot of downfield stuff. It was really, it was tight end. Like he he's in the slot and he, and he goes out and, carves a spot just past the line of scrimmage 
and they get him the football. I mean, maybe he is, you know, he's like three inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter than Michael Mayer, but he's a guy that's carving out space just past the line of scrimmage a lot of times like Michael Mayer did. So, you know, what I call him, a uh, a tight out. He's a combination tight end and a white out. He's a tight out. I think it's pretty cool that Notre Dame now has, uh, in addition to Larry Fitzgerald and Randy Moss, Michael Mayer back on the team because they are going to have a heck of a, a heck of a I'm season out saying, there. Fourteen zero. I'm not saying he's going to duplicate that. He doesn't have that size. Actually, I wish he was a little bit, a little bit longer uh, at six one. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's coming out of the slot, and he's he's working underneath. And a guy that's physical like that, that knows how to carve out space and creates uh, space against a linebacker or a safety. You can kind of use him in that capacity. I don't know if it's the number that makes me like, huh, Jaden Greyhouse, we'll see. Like 19 is not a great receiver number. Yeah. But when you watch him play, like there's, he plays with such like torque in his body, like the ability to adjust to the ball while it's in the air, uh, maybe to adjust the ball after he's in the air. I think is really unique. And I know Chancey Stuckey has talked about like the competitive catch, the ability to sort of contort your body, like to, to get to 50, 50 balls and make them 60, 40 or 70, 30. But man, it just seems like Jaden Greathouse really has this natural sort of knack for that. Um, where he's going to have a very productive career um, as soon as he changes his number from number 19. <laughs> Here's the, I, normally I would agree with you, Pete. However, number four is open. By the if way. you're the only 19 that's tearing it up for a couple of years in college football, you become the very noticeable dude on Notre Dame wearing yeah. 19, the most, awkward I just think George time, West, so. uh, George West right now. I'm sorry. I'd... Well, what, you know, what we saw from him Saturday was, although I guess at West Westlake high school, it, it was a, a bit more downfield. But, you know, I mean, it, he played Saturday's blue-gold game like he was still in high school dominating, you know, un- yeah. underneath. Uh, well, it's it, like it, his it, high school quarterback was Kate Klubnick. Yeah. Like yeah. he played he in a very sophisticated high school offense. <laughs> um, so it's like that's one of those things. You know what coaches always talk about? Well, like, you know, got to give credit to the high school coach and the high school program for getting this guy ready to go. Like that is 100% true with yeah, Jake Greenhouse. Yeah, I agree. Before we go to uh, segment two, give me another player that maybe we haven't talked about or haven't talk, uh, talked more extensively about. I Tim. have one. Um, I thought he just played well, but I found Jalen Sneed's future position, and I don't mean necessarily this year. He will be the Will linebacker in 2024 for Notre Dame. Boy, he looked very comfortable there, didn't he? Yep. The t- problem is right now they have 27 Will linebackers, so I'm not sure <laughs> if he can play a lot there, but uh, he will be the starting Will linebacker in 24, and he'll contribute at Notre Dame at linebacker this season. Uh, I, You know, it wasn't a high degree of difficulty interception, but, you know, Jaden Mickey getting out there and making a positive play, yeah. you know, in position at the right time. Like, I would think he's probably he's probably feeling it the best he's felt about himself since – the startup training camp last year. Um, and so that's like, you got to have him at a minimum, you know, he's got to be your fourth corner. Maybe he can be more than that. Definitely. Great if he's be. your third, be great. If he's yeah, your third. maybe he can be your third corner. Um, yeah. I guess I'm including Nichols in that group, but like to get him like in a good way, moving into the off season, I think that could be kind of consi- significant because he's a very, you know, he's a confidence player. Now, all those young, as we said, all those young linebackers, 
played really well. I wasn't surprised that Osbury did. I mean, I think we got a sense of that earlier in the spring. Uh, Tim, we talked about in our post-game instant analysis, but then re-watching the game, you know, Drake Bowen was all over the field too. He made a stop on on special teams on a punt as well. Nolan Ziegler, man, that's a, that is a real natural football player that knows how to get around the football. Uh, Very instinctual. I mean, I kind of look at him like a, I mean, in terms of instincts, kind of a Bertrand kind of, kind of guy. What are you laughing about? Why, why are you going to do that to him, Tim? Like, I because Bertrand's a good. Now college he's immediately unpopular. Our message board. <laughs> <laughs> because Bertrand's a good college football player, whether it wants to be acknowledged or not. Does he have limitations? Of course, but not his limit. His, you know, where his limitations showed when he was a Will linebacker a couple of years ago. He doesn't yeah. have very many limitations as a Mike linebacker. Anyway, we've got questions coming up in segment two. Burning up the boards. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Segment two, burning up the boards. Our first question is from Jay Reedy, 56. What makes the coaching staff so sure one of the freshmen were going to pass Lorenzo Styles so much that he would be completely out of the rotation? Seems like a huge gamble and him transferring was avoidable. I don't know that he was completely out of the rotation. Um, I mean, and how, how can you tell? <laughs> that's why they had, that's why they had 14 spring practices. I think Jaden Greathouse showed himself on Saturday. We know what, I mean, we know it, boy, that was not Rico Flores that we, that we saw the Rico Flores on Saturday was nothing close to what we saw. So I'm going to write that one off. And then I think Braylon James is, he, he's going to take time. I would think we have a question about what freshmen are going to play this year and burn a red shirt. I, I think, I think Braylon James, I know that, I know that Marcus Freeman said all three would play, but I think that he could possibly be a candidate, not, not to use a, not to use a year of eligibility, but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, to say that Nord Ames at fault for, for, I guess it's not stated quite like that, but for, at fault for Styles leaving, you know, Styles was an unhappy camper during the fall of last season and it showed in his performance. So I, I don't, I, I find it really hard to blame Notre Dame for something in this situation. No, I, I mean, I think the if Notre Dame at the start of spring had or at, at the end of last season about went to Lorenzo Styles and said, "Hey, we're moving you to corner. We're all in on moving you to corner," that might have changed his opinion. But like, that's it, and there's really no way for Notre Dame to have known that in advance. Um, so I think ultimately Styles did what was best for him, um, and I think Notre Dame can live with that just fine 
If Styles Styles last year was the key obvious starter going to the season, and he's ending spring, <clears throat> excuse me, around number six in the rotation, and I don't mean five at all, because Greathouse and Deion Colsey are ahead of him, and if you're scoring at home, that makes Tyree, Jaden Thomas, and Merriweather ahead of him too. And do we know how much he is ahead of of Matt Salerno? Without I'm not being flippant, do we know if, if he's ahead of Matt Salerno? Well, not is necessarily. He fa- is he faster? Does he have better hands? Well, he, he doesn't have better hands. I think we can. All right. He's probably faster. Does he get, does he get open more? Do you think for Sam Hartman to, to believe in and throw it to him? I mean, they're in a good position now when Salerno's number seven or eight instead of four, which was a terrible position last year, admittedly. Like Lorenzo styles wants to be a, a main receiver, not the sixth guy behind two freshmen and Chris Tyree. You know, can't you see Hartman? fully maximizing Matt Salerno when he's on the field. If the, if, you know, if the coverage is yeah, like six, six catches, four first downs on the year. And there you, you remember him making good plays like that. That's yeah. I mean, I, I I get the question, but I don't, I mean, I think you have to understand what was going on with Lorenzo styles last season and the temperature in the room. it, It wasn't good. It just, it wasn't good. Question for Martin Evenflow. After watching the game twice, Rocco Spindler was rather impressive. Do you believe his chances have improved to win a starting job? I mean, they improved from the beginning of the spring because I don't think he was conceivable to win a starting job at the beginning of the spring. But I, I, I believe Notre Dame will settle on Christophic at that spot. Um, Spindler had the best block I have seen him have that wasn't on huddle.com by far. And I thought it was a really nice play that illustrated sometimes his weakness is moving and getting to the second level. That was that was a really nice play. I'm talking about the what was it the third play to spring Jabram Payne right around there. Yeah, I, I thought I've, I've never watched a practice as I've said and, and noted Spindler for something. And I watched the Blue Gold game was able to note him for stuff. But I don't think. Do you think he's third in their pecking order after 15 practices or fourth? Third at guard, you mean? Yeah. I, I mean, if I mean, if, I didn't think Coogan had a particular. Spindler had a better. No, game I don't think Coogan. I don't think Coogan yeah. had a, a very good Saturday either. I uh, bet he's third then, I mean, unless it's Baker. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Coogan had a very good Saturday. I agree. I thought Rocco Spindler looked, and we've said this how many times? When we see him do something positive, we're going to point it out. I pointed out on April first when I liked his pass blocking awareness and and um, one with four other guys pass blocking awareness. Mm-hmm. And and I would agree that I thought he did some he he clearly sealed the opening for Jabron Payne who did a really nice job of finding that opening mm-hmm. that wasn't there initially. Uh, but do I think that he improved his chances of winning a starting job? I think he narrowed the gap, but I don't think he's going to win a starting job. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think that he had a good showing on Saturday. What that means for the fall kind of much that's much harder to say i guess what my question is how much of the running scheme is something notre dame is going to be running on saturdays in the fall as opposed to what they ran during this game trying to put zero percent of the things they have on film on film yeah i was a little surprised at you know because i i was told you're gonna see five plays and that's it well it was way more than that right right, right. stuff and marcus freeman even commented on it during the game that he was calling them trick plays i don't know that they're I, I would necessarily put them in that category, but that's 
that's his terminology for what some of the stuff that they were doing. I just don't, I, there's no way that we're in a position to pass judgment on how Jared Parker is going to call a game based upon what happened on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I won't do that. And I don't think you guys will either. You guys find it interesting. I didn't know this uh, until watching the broadcast that he wanted to be upstairs for the first half and downstairs in the second half to, I assume, get a yeah. viewpoint down there. Surprised me a little bit when I heard it. Um, do we know where he called the game from when he was at West Virginia, when he did get opportunities to call the game? I don't think we've asked him that, but that's a good thing uh, to ask I'm him in really, August. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really sure about that, but I would expect him to be up top. Now, I wouldn't think both him and Guadulli would be up top. Maybe that's no, why he, they were on Saturday at the beginning. No, I know they were on Saturday. It seemed yeah. odd, but yeah. You know, yeah. it's a spring game. But I do like the whole concept of whether they're sitting next to each other or, you know, if they're not, then they're hooked up via headphone. Mm -hmm. Of having, you know, I mean, I think Guadulli is a very calm voice in the whole process. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, I just, and then, you know, I brought that up to Parker last Saturday and he brought up Joe Rudolph uh, with his background as as a play caller as well. So I do, I, I do like that, that dynamic, but I just, I think we had a question somewhere here along the line of, you know, how you thought Parker called the game. I'm not, I'm not going to put any, any weight on what happened on Saturday in terms of, of play calling. And I think you guys are feel the same. Uh, way, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, he specifically tried not to call the plays he's going to call, if you want to put it that way. So he, he tried well, to avoid doing anything he would actually, do. To put that's, yes, actually, that's that's probably. Um, I think we'll see accurate. Sam Hartman run it into the end zone a few times, though, down by the goal line. So not you know, I do think, there. I do think Kyle, like Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph had a good point about uh, Hartman under center and footwork, uh, that he needs to learn all of that because he hasn't. He hasn't done that. I didn't think of it in those terms. Like what's so, what's so hard about taking the snap under center? Uh, it's not, it's not so much that it's more after you receive the snap because I let, you know, everything that those guys do, it is precise. It is, a, yeah. it's, a, it's measured step by step. And if you've never done that, or you haven't done it in five years in college, I could understand why that would be, that would be yeah. something that, you know, like you, Pete, you were talking about, Maybe, a, you know, it was a slow start for Hartman at, at the start of spring. Something like that would slow, slow you out of the gate, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Next question from Irish B. <laughs> True or false based on the blue goal game? Buckner still has a long way to go as a passer. Great House will lead the freshman in receptions. Jaden Thomas will lead the team in receptions. Leofau will have another year where everybody will wonder why he gets so many snaps. Uh, you know, I do think that, that Buckner still has a ways to go, even though we said he had improved, I didn't, you know, we, we acknowledged that during the spring, but I didn't mean that they, he was now a finished product. Great house, you know, Flores, I don't know. I, we didn't see what Flores can do, but I would imagine because of the role that they have great house in, that would certainly give him a huge advantage for the most receptions among the freshmen. I do believe Jaden Thomas will lead the team in receptions because I think we already saw some of the chemistry that he has with Hartman. Leofa, I just didn't, I guess I didn't focus in on him too much because a lot of people are harping about him, but I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was on the field that darn long. I would go true, 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 false. Um, 
Buckner, a long way to go. Greyhouse lead the team. Thomas lead the team in receptions. But I think Jack Kaiser will actually be the starting will linebacker this season. Um, and Leo Fowl will sort of rotate a little bit more um, so that then he would not be getting nearly the snaps that he did last year. Well, and then that would – so does Leo Fowl play a little bit of Rover? Uh, I think they just don't play their linebackers 600 snaps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and Sneed, was, Sneed wasn't playing Rover Saturday. He doesn't. I don't think. I, I mean, who's this is the one. Starting, if 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 Kaiser's starting, will who's the starting rover? But I think Steed will still play there. Yeah, and I think the Nichols is starting rover. Yeah, true, true. Um, right. I I would base nothing on the blue goal game, but based on the spring. True, 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 and true. I mean, and, and no, not true. I agree with Pete. I think Leofau is going to have a. I'm hoping Leofau can have the role we thought he would have a couple years ago, where he was playing on third down, creating some havoc, doing some stuff. I, I do know as much as we defend Leofow and, and we are trying to be fair and honest with, I don't think he should have played as much as he did. Absolutely. Freeman not. and Golden like Leofow. It, it is important to point out that Freeman and Golden like Leofow and they call him one of their smartest players. So right. I, and that's what, that's reporting what, what people tell me. It, it, it's it, that totally comes down to a, a conceptualization of what they want to do defensively. And I, and I realize that, that we on the outside look and it's all about make plays, who's making plays. Um, but, but a lot of times plays aren't made against you because of your alignment and knowing where you need to be. In fact, that happens an awful lot. Does I game capacity change your expectations of what the season could be? I, I, it was, it was fantastic to see him play really, really well. I, I don't, there's nothing about him playing well that that surprises me. Uh, it, he, he's in the top 20 in the history of college football in yards passing and touchdown passes. Now, because of COVID, he had five years to do that. I get that. But, you know, I mean, I'm more encouraged by some of the things I see along the defensive line. Sam, I would I would have been it would have been bad if Hartman had not looked good on Saturday. Let's say you know, let's say he had a bad performance. Um, that we would have been, been very good. bored if Sam Hartman also had a bad performance. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. I don't know. I'm kind of saying a couple different things here. But my point is this. There are many other aspects of this Nordic team that are that were are more important to see them develop than Sam Hartman because Sam Hartman is already developed. He came here. He came here with some things to learn because of a new system and new coaches and new everything. Um, but Sam Hartman's going to have a, a real quality year. If this receiving core is as good as we think it can be. If we had not seen the two open practices, what Sam Hartman did on Saturday would have just sort of confirmed what we thought he was going to be the whole time, but there was a little bit of an ebb and flow to it. So I think it sort of changes my expectations of what the season could be back to where they were when last season ended and Sam Hartman transferred in, if that made sense. It does. When Sam, when Sam Hartman struggled a little bit, you're like, uh, all right, this doesn't feel good. That's not, this isn't what this is supposed to look like. And then on Saturday, I was like, yes, this is what it, it was going to look like when he transferred in. This is what it will look like when the season starts. So it sort of got back to the the baseline, which was pretty high. Uh, when he transferred in in January. I'll tell you what I base on the blue goal game is I'd like to thank Sam Hartman for making our weekend more fun and our summer more palpable or palatable. It's really nice. 
really enjoyable. I'm thankful he did that. If he went eight for 17 with a near interception touchdown and got sacked six times on taps, would have been that fun around Irish Illustrated. Right? No, is, but, is, no what if I they agree. both played like Buckner? What if they both played like Tyler Buckner? It just would have left a very bad impression. And yeah, yeah, okay, admittedly. And it still I wouldn't have mattered, probably, but they would have been bad. Admittedly, I would have thought differently about Sam Hartman. It's like, come yep. on, man, why, how, how is that? How could you do that? But no, it was very good to see it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are in Tyler Buckner's corner, and, and that's great. I completely understand that. I don't care who Nordame's quarterback is, as long as he throws a football like Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman. Did. On mm. Saturday, yeah. So, so you sort of care who it is. <laughs> Question from, I'm sorry, Judge Arthur Vandalay. Which true freshman will not be preserving a year of eligibility? Great house. Good call. Yeah, I, I wrote down five that I thought were Bowen, Gray, Great House, Osbury, Flores. I could be convinced about one of the safeties. Brendan Vernon, Jeremiah Love, I could be convinced as well. I think pretty much other than that, like maybe there would be a real surprise in training camp or there'd be an injury or something, but that seems like a, a reasonable list. I think it's, I'm interrupting you, Tim. I'm sorry, but you virtually named everybody that I did. I got one or maybe two to add. Tim, go ahead. Um, as long as, I mean, there's a lot of room for four game guys, but that's still a red shirt. I'm sure you guys are are working that in because they'll, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll make, they'll make sure the, if, if, if Schuler and Minnick are healthy, they'll make sure those two help for four games and then sit them down because they need special teams help as the season goes along. Um, Peter, like yours too. Yeah. Os- I mean, the two receivers, um, Osbury is going to start on special teams somewhere. I can't imagine he doesn't do that. As long as Christian Gray is back, he will be a player that is plays a lot. And I'm sticking with Priester. I, I think Vernon, I could see Vernon being a four game guy if they go into. Navy and September fully healthy up front because you don't need to necessarily play an 11th defensive lineman at that time. But over the course of the year, if he keeps developing, he, there's you got to play him a little bit. And four games would be great, just like Jalen Steed played four games last year. I think Vernon, if Vernon joins the fray for the last four or something like that, that's a that's a good start to a career. Pete, I don't, I, I, I take it back. I don't have love on my list. Well, how do you see them using him if, if they go beyond the four games? Uh, I don't know. I just know he's incredible athlete. It, I mean, it may be too good not to play um, in the sense of like, well, he was not going to be here for a fifth year. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of those, you know, and run, running backs get hurt as we've seen over and over again. Um, I just think when love gets here, I'll predict when we go to the first practice in August, People are going to be like, holy crap, look at that guy. <laughs> um, he is a unique specimen. And I think I think he will force his way onto the field, even if there are not reps to be had. The only other two freshmen I would mention would be Zinter, who I, I think has a chance to be an automatic uh, special teams guy. But, Tim, to your point, they may limit him to four games. Uh, I really, I really, uh, he stood out to me in the previous practices in the same way that maybe not in the same way, but similarly to the way Jason Anya did to me and then the other with the uncertainty at tight end, the health, maybe mm. Cooper Flanagan gets involved. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Zinter should be a four game guy. Cause he could be a standout player for you in his fifth year, as opposed to Jeremiah love who won't be a standout player for you in his fifth year. Cause he'll either not be good or already in the NFL. Yeah. 
Um, and then Cooper Flanagan, I think tight ends can be standout players in their fifth year too. I think those are four. I think Minnick and Schuler and Flanagan, Vernon, Zinter, maybe even Bowen. You can't all win 12 game starting jobs on special teams. They have redshirt freshmen too and, and juniors and stuff. I mean, heck, you could spread, couldn't you spread Bowen, Osbury, and Zinter yes. each of four games and boom, yes. you covered the entire season. Yeah. You, you can find a way to do the four game thing. And I think they will. I just feel like someone's also going to win the full time job out of Although, those guys. You know, here's, we were talking about linebackers before. Maybe Osbury finds a niche at Rover. That's, I like him there. I, that's, yeah. A, yeah. I mean, of course, I I'm basing that on my blue goal game overreaction, but I really like him there. I mean, <laughs> like we kind of we sense that about him earlier in the spring. He was my number two rated recruit, <laughs> Jay Dosberry. Okay, so yeah, I really like the guy. <laughs> Jeremiah Love and Oz. Or he was my number. Yeah, he was my number two. All right, we got a couple questions paired here together. Dip ninety eight asks on a scale of one to ten, what are the odds that Tyler Butner enters the portal? Uh, with one being no chance and ten being he's already packed his bags, and then. Uh, ND09, his 12. Is there any reason for Marcus Freeman to say there's still a quarterback competition other than trying to keep Buckner around? And before you guys answer, I'm not putting a number on Tyler Buckner transferring. I'm not going to go there. We'll talk, we'll talk about the situation, or I'll talk about the situation, but I'm not going to put a number on something like that. I think that's unfair. Well, it's not one or 10 because there's not no chance and there's not, he's already packed yeah. his bags. So it's something in there. Uh, and there's not a really good uh, Marcus Freeman saying there's a quarterback competition. Clearly Sam Hartman's the starter and you should know that, but if Tyler Buckner comes back and is looks every single day in August camp, like he did the one we watched, I mean, then, then you've reopened a quarterback competition where you feel like you have to play Tyler Buckner. But I mean, what there, once they got Sam Hartman, he was the starter. Well, and who is trying to say that we, that we left that open ended. I mean, how many times have we said, no, that? we have not, but people have, and people get confused. I actually okay. had somebody on the board say, all I've heard is how it's open. I was like, you literally never once read that here or heard that on anything, but he kind of admitted, <laughs> well, you know, every once in a while, I listen to more than one person talk. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't, it's not one, it's not 10. Um, there will be interest in Buckner from other schools. You know, he's got a lot of ability. And then I, then I think it sort of comes down to if like, all right, do I want to start now or do I want to wait and wait slash be ready to play if Hartman gets hurt um, at Notre Dame? And I don't know the answer to that. I think that's sort of a, I'm not sure Buckner knows the answer to that. That's in college football, 2023. That's something you have to decide pretty much every off season. Uh, is there any reason for Mark Trin to say there's still a quarterback competition other than to keep Buckner around? Not really. I mean, that's you want to try to keep it the the maximum number of guys on your roster engaged at all times. You don't want to lose Tyler Buckner. We have downplayed no. the loss of Lorenzo Styles. We're going to downplay the loss of other people, and we've already downplayed the loss of other people. You do not want to lose Tyler Buckner, so you do what you do to keep him around because it's, totally. it is a one year thing. If you could convince him to stay, yeah, totally I said agree. in December I did not know if Tyler Buckner would be Notre Dame's quarterback in twenty twenty four because I don't know if he'll be on the roster. A lot of people didn't like that. It remains the exact same at the end of April. At least other people now kind of can see that possibility. But you do not, it is not healthy to lose Buckner because if you lose Hartman and you've lost Buckner, you've lost your season from what it could have been. Hey, while we're on quarterbacks, and I think I commented on that, Angeli, but you guys want to 
You want to comment on Angeli and Minchie on Saturday? Let me just say, I already talked about Angeli. Um, I was, I was surprised that Minchie was so scattered, you know, because I mean, he, he, everything he's done is on such an even keel. Gino Guduli was talking about that as well, but even, even Kenny Minchie getting in front of a, uh, a Notre Dame stadium crowd, I thought was a little bit skittish, which is normal. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I had heard earlier that he was in, there was at least one practice where he got in before Angeli. Um, so I thought maybe if you, if you had just prevented, presented the stat lines about who had what, I would have said Minchie would have had Angelis and Angelis would have had Minchies. Um, so full credit to Steve Angeli for taking advantage of the opportunity and, and playing pretty well. I mean, you can see that he has not played, um, but he was a functional quarterback out there. And, you know, Minchie's not there yet, which is totally fine for a mid-year enrollee quarterback. They're, I'm trying to think of a mid-year quarterback who showed up and who was functional. Um, I guess Clawson was, but that's kind of about it. Like, usually you don't know what the heck you're doing for the first year. You should ask Jimmy if he, if he felt like he was functional when he showed up. See what his yeah, response to that is. Elbow, um, it's funny yeah. thing is, I did not think, and I thought Angeli would play better. I did not think he played that great. The stat line tells me I'm wrong because he ended up being oh, okay. But I... He was the second best quarterback Saturday. He was, but by default, the other two were bad. Um, Minchie, though, I didn't think Minchie got enough play, and that's because Buckner struggled, so they kept him in two series longer than they wanted to. I thought, but I thought he'd grip it and rip it, and he was steering the ball to receivers, and it just, you know, I'm not not passing judgment. I'm just saying because of the kid and the way we know him, I thought, you know, he's just going to walk in here and, and handle it and he and he didn't and like pete said that's fine i get it he's and, just, and he's a zero guy. pressure on him right tim he's the head zero pressure for this game right. like even no, angeli had more pressure than kenny minchie yeah. to perform no very true i include this next question because maybe pete i don't know i don't tim you didn't know about it's it's from shelby irish why didn't javante jean baptiste play saturday i didn't even it didn't even there's so many things that we're watching you know when they snap the ball we're trying to watch both sides of the ball which is Twice as many as a game for bad charting. Yeah, it's tough. But uh, Pete, do you know why? I I, I don't. He was he was in uniform though. I mean, I saw him in uniform too. Yeah, number one. I mean, it's the opposite of number nineteen. Looks good. (laughs) Maybe pulled some pregame. I don't know. It wasn't. There were so many things to talk about. It wasn't asked of of Marcus Freeman. It never occurred to me because there's so many things to 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 think about. But uh, I don't know. I did not play in the, this is the only reason it makes, this is the only reason I have any type of question on it. Because not playing the blue goal game, if you have a toe that hurts, is smart. But um, he did also did not participate much at all, or at all, in the open practice that the surprise open practice went to. Right. right? So there's two. But um, Pete's right. That number one with all those wristbands and everything, he looked very cool on the sidelines when he was warming up to to not play. So he may, he, yeah, when, uh, when they announced the injuries on Thursday prior to the draft, they didn't say anything about Jean Baptiste, but you know, maybe he was kind of borderline game time decision. Yeah. So they left it at that. And then they just, you know, again, something can, it's happened before something can happen in pregame. Maybe that's what happened, but he was, he was in uniform and on the field. So I don't think it's anything more than that. It's a fair question from Shelby Irish, though, because if that was the Navy game, we would have asked post game. Whereas oh, this sure. one, it just, oh, yeah, just no, wasn't no a thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, we got a uh, double question again from uh, one from Pin and Pole. Do you feel better about the defensive line 
after the blue goal game, and then Frank 1957 with the play of Tyson Ford, Aiden Kiana Ina, and Donovan Heinish Saturday. Does Nordin still look for a DT in the portal? I feel better about the defensive line after the spring, and the blue goal game augmented that. And I would still get a starter level or a uh, 2B, 2A. How do I, what do you want to call it? I still think a defensive lineman, especially on the strong side, would be a nice addition to Notre Dame's team because he will not be your 85th best player. You have to start treating this as an NFL roster. You need to bring in better players, and defensive linemen will help. I feel better about the defensive line. Um, Jason Anya is a huge part of that. Um, but I also feel better about Viper. I mean, I think Patello yeah. got through the spring. And did good things from start to finish. Um, Tui Alamaka did good things on Saturday. Burnham did a couple good things on Saturday. So I think that they've got, you know, Al Washington came in and I asked him a couple times, like, do you feel like you have a rotation? And I think on Saturday we saw that, yep, sure enough, they've got eight, nine and a half guys who can play. Um, I'm not sure that I would have thought that on March 1st. I was hoping to see a little bit more from Riley Mills on Saturday. I don't know if I missed some stuff, but I didn't see a bunch there. I, you know, I think Gabe Rubio is getting better and better all the time. Uh, I was very surprised by how much Tyson Ford excelled because I didn't see that in the previous open practices. Donovan Heinish, I haven't seen excel, but I know that they're high on him. And when you consider the track record of his older brother, I think that's noteworthy. Having said all that, if you could, you know, again, the fist kid out of Western Michigan would have been a, I thought would have been a difference maker. He was versatile. You could move him around. Um, I was very, very disappointed when they didn't get him. I wouldn't rule out. Yeah, it depends who. Who is in the portal that you look at and say, you know what? We can use him. He can do this for us. I wouldn't rule that out. Two ways of looking at this for me. And I want to use your words, Tim. Have you seen Javante John Baptiste excel? Not really, no. So then you should probably get another guy in the portal because it's good insurance for Javante John Baptiste. But to both of you, would you bring on, it doesn't have to be the same position, a level of player like Chris Smith? to try to become a two deep player because I always would on the defensive line. I, I would not. You go higher, obviously bring on a higher level of player. Yes. But like if, if Chris Smith was in the portal again, I'd be like, what if he's a strong side? What if he's a strong side end and not an interior player? Uh, I would be more interested. I would, I would think about it, but if it was Chris Smith, of Viper, Chris Smith of nose, Chris Smith of free technique, I would not. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to sit here and say they have to bring somebody in. What what they need to do is really scour the portal. And if there's somebody that you like, yeah. that you think you can use, then go for it. But if you don't find that guy, you know, that roster spot can go to somebody like, you know, I don't I don't know. Is Keanu Ina still in doubt of having a roster spot? I, I don't. I find that really hard to believe. I do, too. So they have to bring in a they have to bring in a safety like last year they had to bring in a quarterback and a wide receiver. They don't need to bring in a defensive lineman. We can agree on that all the way through. They don't have to, but right. if you find somebody good, do it. 
Yes, I think most positions you should do that. Yeah. Next question, JEF44. Is Jaden Greathouse the next TJ Jones? I think that might have been uh, pointed towards Pete. But go ahead. I mean, somebody's got to be. <laughs> Lost the other guy. Somebody did ask me in the comments of my Blue Gold story, worst prediction, uh, Lorenzo Styles is the next TJ Jones or Camping World Bowl. I was like, I don't know. I got to think about that for a minute. I didn't. When I read this, I'm like, you, I, I would, I could name 50 receivers. I have one. And I wouldn't say TJ Jones. I was looking at from style of play. I, I, I have one and you're going to, this is going to. We're adding to the Michael Mayer, uh, Randy Moss, and Larry Fitzgerald team we already have out here. Are you ready? Because this is a Monday musing, and I believe everything I'm about to say, and I want to bring up the quote. from my. I'm quoting myself. Right. Uh, you know who he reminded me of, mostly watching that game and then watching it on video? Is Derek Mays. But not so the, here's Derek not Mays. Down, in terms of physicality and size, yeah, absolutely. All skills, knack of finding space. He's quicker in short space than he is fast. His athleticism and strength is quick when he makes people miss. Pure pass catching. I just think that's the closest guy. If we're, if we're going high-level comparisons, I think he looks like that's who he reminds me of watching. When I watched the game, I thought that guy reminds me of Derek Mays. I guess I want to see him make plays downfield but I still have visions of his high school career and I have seen him make, I'm not just going blue gold game. I mean, things we've seen from. All right. So that's fair. Now, Derek Mays was a a pretty great college. I I know, but he reminds me of that. He reminds me of that. TJ Jones was the MVP of his football team. Yeah, I did. I, when I, when I saw TJ Jones, I'm like, those two have nothing in common. Is, Is this like a reference to freshman productivity in terms of receptions? It was for no, Pete it was making fun of me. Styles. It was making, I was fun, making of me. fun of you. I'm sorry. I yeah. wasn't. I... <laughs> Get with a joke, Priester. Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't know your reference to the TJ Jones. I was looking at styles of play. Uh, whatever. He's a good player, man. He's good. He's somebody that they can use. They can really attack underneath against linebackers and safeties. He is, he is a, he's a matchup problem out there. And I understand why, you know, it's like really Jaden Greathouse in the slot. Okay. Well, I get it now. I also think we had 11 examples. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He did have 11 examples. 11 examples on live television. I mean, I think we all agree. If it's not Derek Mays, uh, we've already used up Randy Moss and Fitzgerald. He reminds us most of a uh, veteran Jerry Rice. And we can just move on at this point because that's (laughs) kind of where he is. All right. We will wrap up with a question. Question from Dan Andy 23. Do you feel better, worse, or to be determined about the season after witnessing the blue goal game performances and why? Better. I'm a positive person. I feel better. I know I said that we need to not, we need to stop doing this question, but I feel better. So, well, that's why I put it you, in. There. You got I me, know. Dan, ND23. Yeah. I, well, I absolutely do not feel worse because of what I said at the top of the show. There were so many quality individual performances that I don't, I don't know how you can. There's only one way to feel worse, and is if they lose the quarterback. Yeah, and well, this is based upon the blue gold game performance, and that's the question. And I feel better. Yeah, I feel better. I feel I feel better about the depth of defensive line. I absolutely feel better about the depth of linebacker. Um, Somebody asked a question about is this more athleticism than you've seen? I didn't include that question, but 
Safety I, drags it down. Yeah, and it, it, uh, people are always asking, like, is this the best offense since, like, when I'm like, all right, let's stop it 2015. Um, could it be better than any offense since then? Maybe. But I, I, better I'm than glad, 2015 would be a huge bar to clear. Or a I'm very glad high you brought that up, Pete. I'm glad you brought that up because I know we had a question from James Murphy who wanted wanted us to speculate on points per game. Uh, he always has a very a very thorough analysis of of uh, his concepts and his thoughts. And we've talked about you know you can beef up against Tennessee State. And I, you know, the, the the ones that really count are the the front line ACC teams in Northern plays this year. Several of them. And then Ohio State and USC. It's how much you average in those games for me that really determines it. If you can average near 30 against those guys, you got a chance to be really, really good. Yeah, I'm with you on all that. I like the offense. I, I, <laughs> 2015 is where you stop preseason going in. Um, Hartman's a better passer than Kaiser. Running backs are interesting. Come interested. We've already done the comparison to the running backs. The offensive line going into the year is not as good as that one because uh, uh no. Quentin Nelson was your redshirt freshman starter instead of Billy Schroth, who we really like, but Quentin Nelson could have started the year before in 2014, too. Um and Alex Bars was your redshirt freshman other starter. Or no, Steve Elmer was coming back, so that even made it better because he was a he the was tackles a were better on that team, and these tackles are really good. Like, but those tackles were Ronnie Stanley and Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Blake no, Fisher coming definitely. back over Mike McGlinchey in his first year as a starter could be. Mm, I think I'd lean towards Fisher, <sighs> but um, Will Fuller was good. McGlinchey Will Fuller was good. Yeah, what's that? I love Joe. Will Balls. Fuller was good, but. Yeah, we'll that's, that's where that's a great comparison. That's where you go. You go to 2015. Can they and 2015, although there was bad weather involved, of course, uh, underperformed against Clemson when it mattered. And uh, I mean, if you're really judging them, Temple could have had them. Yeah, that's for sure. No doubt. Well, hey, we're going to take a break from the uh, from the two podcasts per week here now that we've uh, we've exited spring practice, but we'll be back next week and We'll probably do some different things. Well, I know people are, uh, a lot is happening with recruiting. Oh, geez, we got the draft this week. Tim O'Malley will be on the coverage with that pre-draft. Uh, Jaden we'll Greathouse, can't, not eligible, thankfully. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, we do want to, because a lot is happening in recruiting, especially coming out of this weekend. And uh, I'd like to get Tom Loy and, and Kevin Sinclair involved in, in talking about that instead of the three of us doing that, since we're so much into the, the team coverage. But spring practice is in the books for Notre Dame, and we'll be back next week. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider. Did you know that the unique O'Connell Bridge in Dublin, Ireland, is the only one in all of Europe that is as long as it is wide. Discover this fascinating fact and more on the number one bus tour in Ireland, the Do Dublin Hop On Hop Off City Tour, which stops at all of the city's iconic attractions, including crossing the famous O'Connell Bridge. You won't want to miss out. Book your city tour now at dodublin.ie forward slash Irish Illustrated.